Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. I am Ryan, uh, and it is Saturday, January 16th, 11 o'clock p.m. on the East Coast, and we did, I just got done watching Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill for 2021, um, their first pay-per-view of the year, uh, and I thought it was a very good show. Um, I've seen some mixed reactions online for some people saying that it was uh, decent to okay, uh, and then others saying that it was fantastic, one of the best Impact uh, pay-per-views in years. Uh, So definitely a mixed bag of either it was okay or great. I haven't seen anybody saying that it was bad, um, but we'll get right into this. Reminder that if you haven't already, make sure to follow us at Deep Six Wrestling on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, We live tweeted, uh, or I live tweeted on our uh, Deep Six page tonight uh, for Hard to Kill. Uh, Haven't really done too much uh, live tweeting in a while for uh, shows, but we're trying to get back into it. also, if you haven't already subscribed, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on either Anchor, Spotify, TuneIn, Breaker, Overcast, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, uh, and Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and all that jazz. Um, and if you can, leave a review or rating, whatever you can, whatever you want. It greatly benefits us as well and make sure that you if you enjoy it share it to the world share it with your friends family neighbors relatives enemies whatever you want uh so we started off the show in the pre-show um the pre-show panel was uh uh, madison rain scott demore uh and i forget the other guy's name i think john brennan um and Basically, they just do did what a normal pre-show is. They just run down the card. Uh, we got the announcement at the end that Madison Rain is officially retired from Impact Wrestling. She wants to focus on being a mother and a, a wife. Um, and she wants to take time away uh, from wrestling uh, and the wrestling industry. Um, so very interesting to see that this was done on a pre-show considering how long she's been with impact, uh, that they didn't give her like a farewell show considering, uh, we had the rascals who were in impact for about two years, uh, and never won anything, but, um, they were given a big send off, um, while mass and rain was, has been there for. I believe they said almost 15 years in some capacity. 
which is wild. Um, the fact that she did not get a big send-off um, and was relegated to the final minute and 30 seconds of the pre-show seemed a bit weird. Uh, we also got a weird Ace Austin interview that was cut off immediately, like almost immediately, um, which would set up something later in the show. And we also got a really good pre-show match between The Walking Weapon, Josh Alexander, and Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler. Uh, I thought this was a really good match. Um, I put on Twitter that it's really cool to see a company put a pre-show match on uh, that isn't rushed for time. Um, you have an hour. You don't need to spend a million minutes on every single match, running it down, talking to a panel. Um, and the fact that uh, Impact gave these guys about 11 minutes uh, felt very refreshing. Um, I pointed out uh, to Pat and Joey, because uh, I was talking to them um, about it, that, you know, uh, going back to WrestleMania this year, uh, WWE put on Cesaro and Drew Gulak, I believe it was WrestleMania this year, uh, on a, I believe either an hour and a half or two hour pre-show, uh, and they gave them four minutes for a match um, that was very hyped, it was hyped up by a lot of people because they're two of the best uh technical and just all-around uh, performers that WWE has, uh, and they were relegated to the pre-show. You have this long time um, of a pre-show, and they were given four minutes. Uh, I think that's ridiculous. Um, and I, I always feel like a lot of shows that have pre-shows and have pre-show matches, they don't give enough time to them. They'll give them about five to six minutes. Um and you can't really build a great match off that. The impact here started off really strong with this. Um, ends up um, with Josh Alexander getting his headgear pulled down. Um, and uh, Brian Myers hanging him with a cl uh, clothesline for the win. Um, interesting. Uh, I thought that this would be where Josh Alexander can get his could get his win back. Considering uh, he lost his first match to... Uh, Brian Myers because the Karate Man attacked Brian Myers uh, midway through the match. Um, so, interesting stuff here. Um, also, uh, this is where we are introduced to our first commentary, our, our new commentary team for Impact, D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker. Uh, I've been critical of Matt Stryker in the past. Um, I thought that him and D'Lo have a really good chemistry. Uh, they had a few moments where... They made some mistakes, but I think that's more to them not working together before, uh, as well as just first night jitters. Um, I'll chalk that up too. Um, but this was a big improvement over Josh Matthews and Madison Rain, uh, and mainly just Josh Matthews. Um, I thought that this was a great, uh, a great new team. I'm happy. I'm very interested to see where this goes from now, uh, and how long they stay together. After this, we got our first main show match, uh, and it was Rosemary and uh, Crazy Steve. The Decay officially are back in some respect. Obviously, no abyss there. Um, versus Caleb with a K and Tennille. I thought this was an okay match. I thought it was messy at times. Um, 
the ref as well as um, commentary never knew who was the legal person. At multiple times, they were like, oh, Rosemary's the legal person, uh, but she's on the outside, and there's action going on in the middle, and the ref is counting a pin there. Um, at the end of this match, he the ref... Uh, it ruled that Rosemary was the legal person, yet Crazy Steve picked up the win with the pin and never tagged her in, or tagged in, um, and yeah, this was a mess of a match, um, it ends with both Rosemary and, um, Crazy Steve spitting the green mist into, uh, Tennille and Caleb's faces at different times, and Crazy Steve pinning Caleb. Um, not the greatest match, not going to watch it again, uh, it just existed. Uh, after this, we had, uh, Eric Young, Diener, and Joe During, who are going by Violent by Design, um, which I think is a really cool name, VBD was on the Titantron as they came out, um, versus Cousin Jake, Rhino, and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, interesting point that uh, Matt Stryker brought out is that everybody uh, always likes to point out how long uh, Tommy Dreamer has been wrestling. He's been in the business for almost 30 years, um, but they don't talk about Eric Young and how long he's been doing this. Uh, he has been doing this since 1998, so uh, he's been doing it over 20 years. Um, and I thought this was a fun match. Uh, it was crazy. It was a, a lot of things at the same time going on. I thought Impact did something very cool. Um, since it was an old school rules match, and, and there's no count outs, there's no uh, um, DQs. Um, anybody can be in at any time. Um, I thought it was interesting that they brought out uh, a, a triple camera uh, so that when things were going on at different parts of the arena, um, you could see what was going on. I thought that was really cool. Uh, you don't normally see that. Um, Joe Doring did his little um, fist in front of him and grunt, um, which I liked. Uh, I'm a big fan of that um, that little maneuver that he does. Um, Joe Doring was treated like an actual monster here. Um, he was... Basically, he was taking a bunch of chair shots from Rhino, um, Tommy Dreamer, and Cousin Jake all at the same time, uh, but he would not go down, and I thought that was great. Um, and yeah, it ends uh, with Violent by Design getting the win with Eric Young hitting the EY pile driver on Cousin Jake. Uh, also, funny thing, if you go onto uh, the Wikipedia page for Hard to Kill and you click on Ke uh, Cousin Jake's name, it takes you to Angus T. Jones's uh, YouTube, or not YouTube, uh, Wikipedia page, uh, who, if you don't know Angus T. Jones, is the, the kid in Two and a Half Men. So, I think that's great. Um, after this... We had our uh, Knockouts Tag Team Championship match uh, between uh, Fire and Flava, which is Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steele, 
versus Havoc and Nevaeh. Uh, as me and Angela had pointed out multiple times in the lead-up to this match, uh, we had seen Havoc and Nevaeh versus Kier Hogan and Tasha Steeles in the past, and it hadn't been great. They hadn't been given enough time, I thought. Um, this match, again, didn't get a ton of time. They only went for about uh, a little under nine minutes, which you don't have to have 10-minute matches or 20-minute matches uh, all the time, but I thought you could have gone a little bit more for the crowning of new champs. But I think that it was just enough, uh, the right amount for these two teams. Um, they pretty much brought everything out in this one. Um, this was the best match that they had, that they've had against each other since I, I've started watching. Um, so credit to both teams. Um, th I think the right team won here, giving it to Kiara and Tasha. I think the sky's the limit for them as a team. I think they are phenomenal together. They work great. Um, but I also think that, uh, Havoc and Nevaeh probably aren't done in the tag division, uh, I think they're going to be a mainstay for a while. Uh, and considering that the uh, tag division will definitely need some more teams in there, um, it helps if Nevaeh and them and Havoc stay. Um, after the match, Kier Hogan and Tasha Steeles are uh, greeted by Gail Kim, myself, and Angela's favorite knockout of all time. Um and Madison Rain, who present them with the new titles. Uh, and I thought this was very fitting. Um, Kiara and Tasha were overcome with emotions with this. Um, and yeah, uh, considering they are a heel team, I thought that this really shows the respect that they still they have for uh, other uh, wrestlers in the past. Um, and they, they kept, kept on mentioning how... Um, Madison Rain has really been like a mentor to Kiara uh, and Tasha and she, how she helped bring Tasha into uh, Impact, how she's helped bring Deanna into Impact, uh, how she helped bring uh, others throughout the years to Impact Wrestling. And I do think that with her leaving Impact Wrestling, as it seems like she's not going to be in any role with Impact for the uh, foreseeable future at least, um, I think that is going to be a really big missing piece. Um, I do think that the Impact knock, Knockouts division is probably the strongest that it's been in years, um, just with the amount of talent that they have on this roster. Um, but if they don't have uh, somebody to help scout for the future and help bring in others, uh, it, it will start to lack. And with the... Uh, the rumors that other people might be leaving in the future, in both the knockouts and the main ro uh, and the male roster, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how they can replace them uh, if they don't have somebody uh, in there that can help convince talent to come to Impact. But that's for another day. Uh, after this, Ace Austin comes to the ring, um, and he s says that he wants to cash in. He wants to put his number one contendership uh, for the X Division title since he won the Super X Cup at Genesis last weekend. Uh, he wants to cash that in now. He wants to be inserted into the triple threat match 
uh, for the X Division title and make it a fatal four-way. Scott comes out uh, and says, you know what, you could have done this a better way. You could have talked to me on the pre-show about this. You could have talked to me backstage in my dressing room, but instead you decided to do this. But you're right, we are missing Ace Austin match on this card since this is such a big night. Um, you're not going to be put in the X Division title match, but you are going to get a match right now. And out comes Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder in WWE, um, coming out. And they have a quick little match. Uh, Madman Fulton ends up getting involved um, to prevent Ace Austin from getting pinned. Uh, and then Matt Cardona runs both of them off. Uh, so Matt Cardona gets the DQ win. Um, I'm interested to see where, what you do with Matt Cardona here. Um, obviously, he's best friends with Brian Myers. Brian Myers is currently a heel. I don't think it really helps Matt Cardona to be feuding with Ace Austin. I mean, as long, unless Ace Austin wins. Um, I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing where Ace Austin versus Matt Cardona is something. I think Ace Austin is going to be the one to take the X Division title off of Manic. I, I hope. Um, and you can then do a lot more with the, the X Division. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I thought this was a weird segment, but I'm happy to see Matt Cardona th there. I think Impact is going to be a good fit for him, uh, especially since they've used Brian Myers very well. I think it makes sense for him to come there. Um, and I think they'll use uh, Matt Cardona in, in, a, in a good way as well. After this, we got that triple threat for the X Division title. Manic versus Chris Bay versus Rohit Raju, and holy crap did this deliver in spades. I thought this was a fantastic match. Um, really, the rest of this card was really a, a very fun show. Um, this, though, I think is going to go down as possibly the match of the night. Um, this was just nonstop action. Everybody was... Going at full speed this entire match. Uh, about, I want to, it felt like really early into the match, Rohit Raju finally ripped off the mask of Manic to reveal TJP's face, but TJP had painted his face in the way of the mask. Um, and so commentary was acting like it wasn't TJP and that you couldn't tell who it was. Meanwhile, TJ Manic was wearing TJP style gear. The Philippines flag everywhere. Um, it felt wacky to be like, oh, this isn't TJP, but like it is. Um, it's still very weird to me how they're going on with this storyline with Manic, where the wrestlers are selling it like they know it's TJP. Commentary is sometimes saying, yeah, this is TJP. And then other times on commentary, they're like, no, this isn't TJP. This is Manic. They're two different people. They're two different wrestlers. Um, and I feel like it's one of those things that TJP pointed out on Twitter, and I, I think he, he's very true on this. Uh, I, I think that TJP's Twitter is something that is, is very controversial at times. Uh, a lot of his statements can be controversial, but I, I think this rings true that 
the story would make more sense if certain people sold it better. Um, that's just people aren't sell- selling it well because nobody has a con- like a concise or uh, a story that is lining up with others. If you have commentary telling you two different things, depending on who's talking at what time, on what show, you're you're not gonna have a a, a good story. Um, Chris Bay, I think, is the star of this match as he normally is in the X Division whenever he shows up. Um, I think that the fact that Impact gave Chris Bay the the one to watch for for 2021, I think, makes a hundred percent sense. Uh, he was phenomenal the last part of uh, 2020. He was phenomenal tonight. Um, he was just flying all over the place. He hit an impressive uh, art of finesse or crazy Chris Cutter, whatever you want to call it, on Manic slash TJP here um, as he was going for the Mamba Splash on Rohit and then followed it up with a double uh, um, art of finesse on Rohit and Manic. Uh, but then struggled to decide on who to pin, uh, which ended up costing him uh, a shot at the win. Um, this was great. Um, he he just understands everything about wrestling. He is a star already, um, and his future is so bright. Um, there's not much else to be said about Chris Bay. I think Rohit Raju is underrated. Um, I think he's, he's obviously not as, as great as, um, Chris Bay and TJP in ring, but he, his style meshes so well with them that it, it works. Um, and you honestly could have seen any of these three win with everybody's performance in here. Ends up being manic, ends up, uh, rolling up, uh, Rohit Raju for the win, uh, and then they have a very, very intense stare down at the end, which was just so good. Uh, again, this was a fantastic match, and if you can, go watch it for yourself. Um, after this, we had Deanna Perrazzo and Taya Valkyrie in their uh, knockouts championship match, and I think a lot of people ex- assume this was going to be one thing, um, where it was the knockouts, the longest knockouts champion versus the new face of the knockouts division. And this was going to be a barn burner. It was going to be like a very, very intense and grueling match. And it was in some sense, but it also was, it just felt like something was a little bit off in this match. This was, uh, I, I think, out of the final segments of matches, I think this was my least favorite of them, and that's saying something considering I still thought it was a good match overall. Um, I do think that it, it just felt like it was very slow at throughout this match, um, which was basically because it was a very technically sound match. Um, but it, it, it did feel like it went on much longer than the uh, apparently just under 12 minutes that it went. Um, but, yeah, uh, Deanna ends up getting the win over Taya. 
Uh, Taya was very emotional after the match. Commentary was just talking about how Taya, Taya shouldn't look down at her career here in Impact. She's done so much for the Impact Knockouts division and will forever be thankful to her. Um, it made it seem like this was at the end of Taya in Impact, which felt very weird, again, um, that you'd do this without ever saying that that was what was happening tonight. Um, I don't think this is the last time we see Taya uh, in Impact. I do think that she's going to be there for at least the length of her contract, which from all accounts is the first half of this year. She's she's still there for at least like February. Some reports are February. Some reports are like April or May. Um, so I, I do think she'll be there for a bit more. I don't think this is how you just end Taya without ever mentioning that this was the end for her. Um, I do think that this really helped Deanna um, because there was no shenanigans with Susan or Kimberly. They were ejected from ringside earlier. Crazy Steve and Rosemary came down with Taya. They both got ejected early. Uh, with Susan and Kimber. So I, I think this this is one of those wins where it's like, well, you did this clean, and this is a statement uh, win for you. I don't know who faces Deanna next. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see where that this goes next. After this, this was probably my most interesting match. Uh, it was the Karate Man versus Ethan Page, and I said that I hoped that it was stylized very similar to his YouTube series uh, with Karate Man, um, and it, that's exactly what it was. It was silly. It was fantastic in every sense of the way. Um, if you're looking for the greatest cinematic match of all time with actual wrestling, that's not what you got. This was just a silly fight. Um, that ended with a basic Mortal Kombat finisher, uh, where Karate Man straight up ripped the heart out of Ethan Page and then walked away as music and songs were played. Um, I thought this was phenomenal. Uh, there was teleportation, there was silly, uh, dialogue, it, it, it was great. Um, it wasn't supposed to be taken seriously, it didn't take itself seriously, it was perfect, and it wasn't super long. Um, next up was the exact opposite of that. It is Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan in Barbed Wire Massacre 4. Uh, in the pre-show, they made a mention that this was not going to be like previous Barbed Wire Massacres, that Sammy Callahan had decided that he was going to design a ring for this. Uh, and so on one side of the ring was just normal ropes on the other, on the left side of hard cam, um, was a big fence with barbed wire draped throughout it. On the far side of hard cam, there was two pieces of plywood um, on either corner that were draped in barbed wire, as well as a barbed wire uh, around the top rope. And then on the right side of hard cam, there was a large chain that was holding up barbed wired weapons, including a Nintendo 64 controller wrapped in barbed wire, a baseball bat in, har in barbed wire, a chair in barbed wire, and I believe there was one other, a uh, kendo stick with barbed wire. 
Um, this looked gruesome, uh, and it's exactly what it was. There was blood everywhere. Um, this was just a really bloody, serious match to follow up a match that was very silly. It went... This was, at the time, the longest match of the night. Um, and it really just... Words don't describe just how deadly and disgusting at points this match looked. Um, it was brutal. Um, it it was just a really painful match. Um, at one point, Eddie Edwards was literally just dripping blood. There's he, he was on the ground for maybe like 15 seconds at one point. And when they picked him up, there was just a pool, like, the size of his face of blood on the ground. Um, it it was not a pretty sight. They both wanted to do a lot of harm to each other. Um, at one point, they both wrapped barbed wire around their, head, their hands and started to basically grate each other's faces with it. Um, Eddie Edwards got guillotined, basically, on... A, on the metal chain that was holding the weapons. Um, and he also got <laughs> pile-drived from the second rope through the uh, the plywood with the barbed wire. Meanwhile, Sammy would end up taking a Boston knee party through uh, with the barbed wire chair in front of his face. Uh, and then Sammy would end up eating an emerald flosion onto both the barbed wire plywood and the barbed wire uh, chair to lose this match. Uh, so Eddie Edwards picks up the win, uh, but neither of them will be the same after this. Uh, again, a fantastic match. And we finish up with the main event, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Team Impact. It was originally going to be the Mercy Machine Guns and Rich Swan, but uh, Alex Shelley was pulled for... A very strange reason that nobody really understands what it is and we probably will never understand why um but we'll find out maybe we'll find out uh and he was replaced by moose and if anybody benefited from this match it was moose uh moose looked like an absolute star and i think that's that's the point um i do think that moose versus kenny omega would be a fantastic match they matched up really well in this match um, we know that Moose has a sh title shot against Rich Swan in the future. Um, I don't think Moose is going to take the title off of Rich Swan, but I, I, at this point, who knows? Um, everybody was firing on all cylinders. I think this was the best the Good Brothers had looked in a while. Um, Kenny looked very good. Um, at points, he looked like he didn't click with everybody. But he clicked very well with Moose, and he clicked very well with Saban in the few moments that they were in together. Uh, at the beginning, he didn't click great with Swan. He missed him with a kick at one point, um, and just looked a little uh, like he wasn't sure what to do at points, which was odd. Um, but they finished this matchup great. Um, Moose was all over the place here, um, hitting a 
standing moonsault at the end near the end of this match he hit kenny with a uh super c4 or super spanish fly off the top rope um for a near fall, he came in and made multiple saves to protect Rich Swan. Uh, and considering their bad blood, it, it showed that Moose was here for Team Impact. He really wanted to prove himself. Um, he had said earlier in the night that he wanted to prove himself and help Team Impact win so that he could get a shot at Kenny Omega's title uh, on AEW. Uh, and I, I really think that this is a, a match that definitely solidifies the fact that Moose is uh, one of the best uh, people not signed to either AEW, uh, New Japan, or WWE. Um, he is an absolute star. You might not like what he says on, on social media. You might not like him as a person. Uh, but he really gets wrestling. And he, wrestling is, is definitely what he cares about. Uh, he is very good at this sport. Um, same can be said about Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, it divides a lot of people. Some people don't like his style. Um, but most will tell you that he is one of the best in the world right now. Um, the Good Brothers, they're hit or, hit or miss. I think they're, they're one of the more successful tag teams in recent years. But I don't think they're the greatest tag team of all time or in recent years, uh, at least ring quality-wise. Carl Anderson is greatly underrated, and I thought he was really strong tonight. Um, Gallows is not the greatest in ring, but he did really well. It's, it was weird to see him matched up with Moose because I totally forget that Moose is just so big and he is literally the exact same size as, uh, Gallows. So that was really good Hoss moments throughout the match. Sabin is greatly underrated as well. Um, as somebody who hasn't watched, uh, all of Impact's history, I do know that he is one of the people who helped the X Division flourish for so long. I know Angelo loves him. He's a former world champion, former X Division champion, former multiple-time tag champion, and he he really just knows how to do things. Um, he, he's great. Um, I do think that him and Shelly are one of the better tag teams of the past decade or so. Um, and I do think that um, we this isn't the last time we see Saban uh, near the top of a card. Um, and Rich Swan, I think, uh, I've said it before, I think that his time in WWE really made him look weaker than he is. He's been fantastic, minus the storyline leading up to him and Eric, the injury storyline leading up to him and versus Eric Young. Everything that we've watched, me, me and Angelo have watched this year of Impact, has been fantastic with him. He's he's extremely good, and if this leads to a Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan title for title match, or uh, just for the Impact title or whatever it's going to be, I think that this is going to be a great match. Uh, this ends with Rich Swan eating a magic killer, uh, Moose coming in for the save, then Kenny getting Moose out of there, Kenny hitting a V-trigger, Kenny hitting the one-winged angel. Absolutely great. Uh, and uh, that is it. Kenny picks up the win. Um, and yeah, that is it. 
Um, so other than that, I thought this was a really strong night. Uh, they did announce the next pay-per-view for Impact. It is Rebellion on April 24th. It's another Saturday. Um, and the logo does have Kenny Omega's Omega symbol on it. So I'm assuming Omega is going to be there for that as well. So very good t- uh, things for the future. Um, with that said, I'm going to end this here. So goodbye. We will be back on Tuesday for Ryan and Angelo's Impact Power Hour. And Wednesday, we uh, Pat and Joey will be back for their Dynamite review. Uh, Thank you guys and have a great night. Bye.